buzzwords. Every industry has them. They get created by a small group of well-informed people and then proceed to get thrown around by the less informed, often incorrectly. They serve a good purpose, to give us a new way to identify something which previously had no category. But their very existence is a simplification. They start to get used as a way to skim over the complications that come when you zoom into a topic close enough. My name is Franco, and I'm the editor of PropMoto, a publication about innovation in the built world. And this is my podcast series that uncovers the hype and the hope behind some of the buzzwords that are so often used in the prop tech industry. This series was created thanks to the support of our sponsors, Modally, the HVAC technology company. I hope you like it. In this episode, I'll be talking about the Internet of Things, or the IoT. The IoT is one of the few industry jargon terms that can be credited to one person. A man by the name of Kevin Aston used it in a presentation he gave to his then-employer, Procter & Gamble, to help sell his concept of putting a radio frequency identification, or RFID tag, on every product they sold. The year was 1999, and the potential of the Internet was, rightly, all anyone could talk about. Ashton later said in an interview, if I could get the word internet into the title of my presentation, I knew I could get their attention. Get their attention he did. His idea got him the research funding he wanted, and he has been evangelizing the term ever since. Although, even he admits that it has morphed into a buzzword that many still don't understand. He argues that, while many products boast that they use IoT, It's meant to describe when a wide range of sensors gets hooked together, forming a network that gathers real-world information that can be useful in some way. In buildings, the IoT is formed when the systems that do everything from turn the lights on and off to regulate the temperature get connected in a way that can help inform a building's operations. I talked to Vincent Dormady, head of smart building strategy for the advisory group Cohen Resnick, a longtime building management expert about his thoughts on the way the term was used in the property industry. Right off the bat, he pointed out that buildings have been connected by the Internet of Things long before the term was created. One of the uh, myths we've got to bust on IoT is it's not a new thing. It's been around forever. It's just a evolution and a rebranding of what's already been there. Like from the days of a head controller on a HVAC going through and connecting to a BMS and that BMS being spoken to via an IP trigger or a connection in some way, that was your most fundamental basic Neanderthal of IoT as we know it. Um, so it's there, it has been there, and it really is just an evolution of, um, of what we've seen in the past. I think we're way too focused on the, the, what, the things that, that, that twinkle and the, the concept of IoT as opposed to going back and saying, what's the strategy? What's the value of the strategy? How do we get there? How do we actually build layer by layer in a well-architected, well-engineered sense, not in a, I want something now, it's an app for that, and we're actually focused in that way. We've gotten so hung up on using the term IoT that many have forgotten that the Internet of Things is just an evolution of an old concept as buildings have been using digital building management systems for decades in some form. Vincent likes to use the analogy of a brain when he describes a smart building, 
Wiring devices together creates the nervous system. But for a building to be able to control itself, we have to design a way for it to think. That means taking into consideration the trade-off between compartmentalizing intelligence and bringing it together into one holistic organ. The question we really have to answer with IoT is, um, what does that mean for the mid-level control that we used to see? Do we actually turn around now and say, well, every device that is an IoT device is autonomous and it, it manages itself and it communicates to an overarching uh, to some fabric of some way, to an overarching control orchestration? Or do we still have these roll-ups of saying, okay, we still have a segment that takes care of uh, environmental, like heating, ventilation, etc. Still a segment that actually takes care of lighting and that there is a local control and there's this local independence and resilience, effectively, you know, um, muscle memory in the, in the building in these segments. And that's one of the things that hasn't been really teased out a lot. So we kind of have this standoff between the new world order of everything is smart and everything can be connected and the old world order of a BMS where, you know, that's great, but, you know, when you cut the lights and you cut the power, I still got to be able to run my building. So I need this muscle memory whereby the local system and the local loop is actually managing itself. And this is where your edge controllers and things like that are starting to come into place. This episode is brought to you in cooperation with Modally. Modally is an HVAC management technology company. They work with multifamily, single family, and commercial customers all over the country. They have over 2,000 contractors and 1,000 distributor centers nationwide. They're backed by one of the largest HVAC manufacturers in the US, and they create one point of contact for all your HVAC needs. If you want to check out more about what they offer, go to modally.com. That's M-O-T-I-L-I.com. Smart buildings seem to get all the attention, but longtime managers know that reliability trumps intelligence when it comes to building qualities. The industry has long been running on muscle memory, as buildings have already perfected their basic functions in a rather reliable way. The risk of losing that muscle memory in order to create true intelligence in buildings is more than most buildings and facilities managers are willing to take. One of the trademarks of the internet was how quickly it was adopted. In 1990, there were around 2.6 million internet users. By the year 2000, it had grown to over 200 million. By 2010, it was almost 2 billion. And now, it is quickly approaching 4 billion, over half the world's population. So why hasn't the Internet of Things had the same kind of exponential growth as the Internet had? We are a long ways off from smart buildings representing any more than a negligible amount of our total building stock. Well, first of all, the IoT isn't something you can just plug in and turn on like a modem. It is a network. It uses lots of different devices that have to play nice and work in unison. I talked to Daniel Kosa, Chief Product Officer at the property management software company Building Engine, to get his opinion on the slow rate of adoption for the IoT. He has a ton of hands-on experience helping create smart building systems, so he has seen exactly where the bottlenecks lie in the adoption process. First, he explained that we have to understand the definition of IoT in order to track its proliferation in commercial real estate. IoT is the Internet of Things, although that phrase has ceased to have a ton of meaning anymore. Everyone just calls it by the acronym. And I think the best 
description that I still hang on to. I forget who told it to me, but it was a decade ago. Um, was the use of the word decoration. So I think that applies in uh, CRE, in commercial real estate. If you think about decorating a building with sensors, was a, a common case 10 years ago. Um, think about decorating a building with all these sensors that are connected. What you have then is the IoT, right, the Internet of Things. And you have all these different aspects of your building connected to each other, maybe to the public Internet, hopefully not, but they're connected in a way so that you can actually get live real-time data and act on it, or at least view it and have information at a level of detail and real-timeness that is impossible without IoT. That was the first kind of working good definition I thought about for our industry, and I think it still serves. So we think about decorating a building, its guts, its outside, its elevators, um, even some of its amenities, think about decorating them with some device that can interpret something, whether it's a temperature reading, a motion reading, pressure, there's all different kinds, but they all compose the IoT. When it comes to incorporating the Internet of Things into our buildings, a lot of coordination is needed from the building management team. This creates friction that can prevent many from diving into the Internet of Things as fast as they might other easier capital expenditures that often take little more than writing a check. The biggest practical friction that I've seen 10 years ago and now still is in adoption. There's friction in getting something actually installed in your building. Even getting something attached to your HVAC system, think about all the different people that has to touch. You have to get entry to the building. You have to schedule it at a time when the chief engineer is going to be present. You got to make sure you understand what type of HVAC system they have and what its capabilities are for attaching various sensors. There's a lot that goes into it and that's friction. So the fact is still many, many buildings are not decorated with sensors. It's not everywhere and something we can just use. Uh, there's some upward indicators, but it's still pretty slow adoption. It's not that the IoT is there and we just need to use it better. There's friction in actually installing all of these sensors. It's gotten better, but that's still a big problem. The blockage of adoption of IoT in our buildings isn't just the installation of the hardware that creates the data. It is also having the ability to use or even manage it. The sheer amount of information a building can produce can be daunting, according to Daniel. So a lot of these sensors will spit out reams and reams of data. I mean, if we're talking real time, so there are sensors that will give you millions of readings every few days. What do you do with all that data? That's the other thing people don't often get into the detail about and think is the sum of all of that data, it needs to be meaningful. It's not enough just to have a stream of readings on the, the motion on a particular piece of equipment. Uh, you need to know how to interpret it. What's normal? What's abnormal? When should I act? So I think there's a higher level of software that needs to be built, particularly in CRE, that can house and make, uh, interpret all of that data. So it's kind of not just an ingestion and installation problem, it's also an interpretation problem. So with all of the considerations, complications, and ramifications of making a building IoT enabled, why would anyone want to go through the process? Well, the result is actually very much worth the effort. A central nervous system is the groundwork for creating intelligence. Making our buildings intelligent can make them more comfortable, useful, and resourceful. 
Here, Vincent explains the dream that IoT can achieve when it's applied to our buildings in his Kerrygold smooth Irish accent. Well, effectively, the IoT is this end-of-nerve structure that we can get to in buildings. And what that effectively means is, like when you think about it, it means we can learn. It means we can evolve. And it means then that one packet of grey matter can talk to another packet of grey matter and exchange what has been learned. So what does that mean? It means if we have a full strategic sensing strategy inside of a building, we can learn from that. We can derive using AI, using RPA. The tech is there. It's, don't worry about the tech. It's doable. But what it really means then is now learnings from building one can talk to building two, and building two can take those learnings and apply it to itself, and onwards and onwards and onwards. That's not possible if building one is stuck with a BMS in the basement that is incompatible at a different configuration to, to building two, which is a different BMS in the, in the basement. And if each building is built in a bespoke, non-coordinated, non-strategic, non-aligned manner, well then you can't roll those learnings across deeply. You can, you can do some workflowy stuff at the top, but you can't deeply uh, roll the learnings across. And this is, this is going to be very relevant. So when you say, I want to manage wellness, I want to manage my workplace, I want to manage my experience inside a portfolio of, of, of buildings, well, one of the critical things is that the nervous system in that building is somewhat consistent and congruent, so the learnings from one can actually apply to the other. And that's the flaw in our ND approach at the moment. It's all these individual point-by-point solutions as opposed to saying, guess what, if I have 1,000 IoT devices applied to a building in a well-orchestrated, well-coordinated strategic way, and I do that across all my portfolio, that's a lot better than having 50,000 IoT devices applied to a building, non-orchestrated, non-consistent, and non-congruent across my portfolio. So that's the critical part. It's this part of sense, learn, share, repeat. Hopefully the next time you hear the term IoT, you'll have a better understanding of what it is, what it isn't, and what it can be. With IoT, as with any buzzword, it's much easier to speak in generalities than it is to learn about the messy details. But if we want these words to be more than just words, if we want them to become reality, we must consider these messy details in order to overcome them. If you enjoyed this podcast, please check out the other two in the series where I examine the hype and the hope behind the terms API and AI. Thanks for listening. Be safe and build well.